Hey there, and welcome to the City Lights Podcast. City Lights is a church located in the northwestern part of Richmond, Virginia. For more information about City Lights, you can visit us at wearecitylights.com. Now enjoy today's message. Do you want to pray a dangerous prayer? I mean, I am going to warn you, you may not like this prayer. Some of you very likely will refuse to actually even pray this prayer. It is not the common prayer. It is not an easy prayer. It doesn't match the normal safe prayers that many of us pray. It's not consistent with the God should make my life easy, Americanized, popularized Christianity. I like easy prayers and it's okay to pray them. I like safe prayers and it's okay to pray them. God, I want to be safe. I I mean, I do want to be safe. God, I want to be blessed. I mean, yes, I want to be blessed. God, I want to have a nice and easy day. I mean, shoot, I want a nice and easy day. Because the truth is, honestly, I do not want to be inconvenienced. I mean, I don't want to be interrupted. I do not want to face any challenges. In other words, God, if you really love me, give me a hassle-free day with good food, green lights, nice people, and yes, Lord, well-behaved kids. This prayer is not a safe prayer. It is one of the most dangerous prayers, and if you pray this prayer, God will answer it. And you might feel frustrated. You will become more uncomfortable. Life may get harder. Chances are it won't get any easier. I want to invite you to join me in this prayer and pray in this dangerous prayer. Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. The prayer that we're going to pray this week is, God, break my heart. Break my heart. Crush it, Lord. Strip me of comfort. I want to warn you, if you pray this dangerous prayer, God will answer it. And you may find yourself burdened and grieved and your heart aching over something that burdens the very heart of God. If you pray this prayer, you might lose sleep. Your heart might start to burn with this righteous anger. And you may find yourself doing things that other people, quite frankly, don't really understand. But when you pray this prayer, you can find joy because you will be blessed as your heart breaks over something that breaks the very heart of God. It is a dangerous prayer. Break my heart. Now, today I want to look at the Old Testament at the prophet Jeremiah, where we find this very dangerous prayer. Jeremiah had a pretty unfortunate nickname. He's known as the weeping prophet, the weeping prophet. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be known as, look at Isaiah, that's that weeping guy. I wouldn't want to be known as like the weeping athlete. And I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to be known as like the weeping teacher or the weeping chef. You know, uh, but he was the weeping prophet because his heart was breaking for the people of God as God's heart broke for them as well. To give you a little bit of context of what was going on during the time of the life of the prophet Jeremiah, the people of Judah were rebelling against God. I'm talking about rampant, complete rebellion. The leaders were abusing the widows. They were taking advantage of those who were poor. They were, they were sacrificed, believe it or not, little children, babies, to a false god. And God's heart was wrecked over the sinfulness of these people. 
Jeremiah was aching on behalf of God. This isn't right. How can this happen? How can you claim to know God and still behave like this? Abusing people, mistreating those that are powerless. His heart was breaking. Now, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 8, 18 and 21, he says, My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people, and I mourn and I overcome with grief. My heart is crushed. My heart is broken on behalf of the injustices of those who are abusing those who do not have the power to defend themselves to make things right. So Jeremiah did what he knew to do. He prayed and he fasted and he stood strong. He did everything that he knew to do and things did not immediately change. And he said, my grief is unbearable. My heart is broken. Now question for you. Do you want that? I mean, like seriously, because when I wake up in the morning, I want the opposite. I just want to go through the day and have no big problems. I don't want anybody to flip me off. I don't want anybody to be rude. And if I open a door for you, I just want like a simple thank you. You know, important stuff like that. I don't want any problems, any heartaches or grief. That's why it, this is such a dangerous prayer break my heart. When I'm talking about something that breaks your heart, you know, I'm not talking about something that kind of annoys you or kind of just bothers you a little bit. And I'm not talking about like this little simple good deed you do every now and then just to make yourself, you know, feel better. You know, like, oh, I hate when I'm driving and, and I see this homeless guy with a sign. Oh, so, you know, I just give him my loose change. You know, I'm not talking about like that. It's not a bad thing, but I'm not talking about something on that level. Or, you know, uh, oh man, I just hate when animals suffer. So there's this one time when I was, me and my family, we were driving down the street and we saw this stray dog and, and we took him in and oh, he's so just, he's just so wonderful. I love my dog. You know, good for your dog and good that you love your dog. But I'm not talking about something like that. Just like something that bothers you a little bit. What I'm talking about is a wrenching burden that consumes your every thoughts. And honestly, when you get to this place, the feeling that you have on behalf of God is opposite of the, what popular culture programs you to want. It is the very opposite of the feel-good version of Christianity that says, God exists for you. God exists to make your life better, to take away your pain and fill you with blessing and ease and prosperity and comfort. It is the opposite of, oh, this is the year of abundance, like you see so many TV evangelists proclaim. It's time to multiply, increase. You're going to accelerate. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can name it, it's time for you to be blessed. God wants you blessed, 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 blessed. No, it's the opposite of that. Now, I'm going to tell you, what if God's greatest blessings are actually on the other side of his greatest breakings? What would happen if God really broke your heart for the things that broke his? What if God blessed you with this heavenly burden, a divine burden, a holy hurt? I mean, I don't know about you, but I like comfort. I really do. Like uh, some people like camping. You know, I, I don't understand camping. Give me a good, solid hotel room with a comfy bed, you know, where I could use shampoo that makes my hair smell good. Uh, I like soft washcloths. I like someone to change my bed. I like a nice hot tub. I like comfort a lot. You know, the problem is about comfort 
is comfort never moved me into action. I never became so comfortable that I thought, man, I'm so comfortable right here. Let's go change the world. I never thought that. You know, comfort just seems to want more comfort. Comfort just wants more comfort. I, I mean, I do like luxury, I do. But more luxury in life never shook me to care about those who were suffering. I don't like pain. Honestly, I do not like pain. I like pain-free days. But pain-free days never made me more like Christ. What does pain do? Pain purifies. It strengthens. Trials make you actually more like Jesus and teach you to depend on God. Break my heart, O oh God. It's a dangerous prayer. It snaps us out of the self-centered pursuit of comfort and ease. It is a dangerous prayer. And you can see whose hearts were broken all over Scripture. Uh, take Moses, for example. He watched again and again as a young boy as the Egyptians cruelly beat his people. Until one time he just snapped. And he carried that burden in his heart for decades until years later, God called him to stand before the most powerful man in the world. And with a heart breaking from the pain of his people, he said, let my people go. David, just a little shepherd's boy, the whole nation's at war. And his dad says, take some cheese and crackers to the real man on the front of the battlefield. David walks up and sees the wars at a standstill because of a great big giant named Goliath, who seems way too big to defeat. But Goliath made a big mistake. He was making fun of God and the people of God, and David couldn't stand that. Something broke in the heart, and, and he stood up and said, Who are you to come against the armies of the living God? Everyone else thinks you're too big to defeat, and I think you are too big to miss. Someone hand me my sling and some stones. Now, Nehemiah, Nehemiah had a comfortable life with a slightly higher risk job. He lived in the palace and all he had to do was taste wine. Mm, that's a good job, tasting some wine. And make sure it wasn't poison. I mean, that's not so good. But anytime it wasn't poison, it was a good day. I would be like, if I was Nehemiah, I'd be like, hey, I think this wine might be poison. I might need a couple more sips just to make sure that it wasn't poison. Anyway. And he heard some bad news about his extended family, his people. The walls were broken down. They had no support system, no identity, no sense of self-worth. That crushed him to the point where he couldn't physically stand. He couldn't physically stand and he fell to the ground and cried and he prayed. And he put his own life at risk and begged the king, may I go? And he went back, not a builder, no experience in construction, and somehow he figured out how to arrange the most miraculous sense of construction. And he stood before the people and said, fight for your families, fight for your homes, fight for your wives, fight for your husbands, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, because his heart was broken. It moved him out of his comfort. Jesus, Jesus wept for Jerusalem. They don't know the peace I have available to them. It broke his heart. It broke his heart. Now there's this future leader who hung out with his crew of regrets. His name was Tommy Pickles. I think we all heard of him. He would come across these situations often because his cousin Angelica would be treating his friends unfairly. 
and he would get to the point where he couldn't take it anymore. And what would he proclaim? He would say, a baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. He couldn't just sit back comfortably in his playpen. He had to act. Now, personally, I could be more like Tommy Pickles' buddy, Chucky, Chucky Finster. What would Chucky always say to Tommy? Chucky would always say, Tommy, I don't think that's such a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea, Tommy. He didn't want to take action. Chucky was like, I'm good in my playpen. I'm comfortable in my playpen. I'm safe in my playpen. But Tommy couldn't listen to the voice of comfort and safety because he was bothered too deeply by the injustices he saw. A baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. He had to take action. Now, some of you, you're going to get to that point. When you pray it, and I dare you to, break my heart, God will break your heart, and he will shake you out of the continual pursuit of comfort. He will break you out of it. He will stir in you, with, in you a divine burden that you simply cannot ignore. And when your heart breaks one day, you will not be able to hold back. You, will, you are going to go proclaim, I cannot sit in comfort anymore. I got to do what I got to do. Now, when my beautiful wife, Renee, and I first got married, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment with a two-year-old. Not a lot of space. Now, let me tell you about my wife. She has the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met. Now, there is this mom that we never met, and she needed someone to watch her three kids. So Renee and I offered our services. The kids were eight, six, and one. This mom dropped her kids off one day and literally didn't come back for a week. After spending time with these kids, we understood this was just normal life for them. This was just normal life. They were left alone often. So Renee and I, we took compassion on these kids and we took these kids in. They lived with us most of the week and their mom would sometimes get them on the weekends, sometimes. Now that's two adults, our son, and three kids all in a one-bedroom apartment. Now we fed these kids, um, we uh, did fun activities with them, we, we took them to school, and we just gave them a secure place just to be kids. And I look back at that time and I say, man, Renee and I, we were crazy. We were crazy, newly married in a little apartment with a two-year-old and taking our responsibility of three other kids. But God gave us a heart for them. Now, recently, the oldest sibling actually contacted Renee and I, and he just said how much he appreciated us and how much he missed us. And I know by taking those kids in, we made a huge impact on their lives. We made such a huge impact on their lives. Now, my wife, like I said, she has the biggest heart. She has the biggest heart for like displaced kids and, and kids that don't come from a loving home. And she could simply uh, view pictures of kids in foster care, and she, she actually begins to cry. I call her the weeping wife, because she just cries whenever she sees something like that. And, and honestly, she would take in as many kids as she could. To this day, we keep our hearts open to receive a child, and we, are, we are actually are going to be taking the steps to foster and adopt one day. Not because we have a lot of money. Trust me, we don't. And not because we live in the biggest house. No, we don't. But because God has given us his heart for children who do not have a loving home. Break my heart, oh God. Now listen to me. When you pray this prayer, 
get ready to ache. Get ready to hurt. Now, I don't know what will break your heart. It might be the plight of the unborn. It might be for little children in your community that can't read. It might be for the racial injustices that haunt so many people. It might be, it might be uh, to get clean drinking water for some parts of the world where there will be many children that die in a village today. It might be for those who are trapped in everyday financial bondage. It might be for children in our state that do not have a loving home. It might be for those suffering from mental illnesses or those who are trapped in addictions and don't know how to get out. Or for those recovering from infidelity and unfaithfulness in marriages and who do, they don't know if they can ever trust or love again. It might be for the teenagers that live in daily depression and don't have good parental influences. Or, or for those who are addicted to pornography. When you pray this prayer, your heart will break. And when it does, I want you to thank God that your heart is breaking. I want you to thank God in heaven that on behalf of him, you care for those he cares about. Because most people, they actually think it's easier just not to care. It's better not to hurt. It's better not to get involved. I hope you understand that it is better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. You thank God when he moves you. You thank God when he calls you. You thank God when he breaks your heart on behalf of him. Now, the Apostle Paul was like this in the New Testament. Before he gave his life to Jesus, he just believed in a religion. He didn't have a personal relationship with God. So he bragged on his experiences. He bragged on his religious attributes. He said, actually, in Philippians 3, he said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was one of the people of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I followed all 613 religious laws. That's a lot of laws. I led a very righteous life. But when he came to know Christ, not religion, not rules, but when he had a relationship, what he said is, I consider all that a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. It's a loss. It's nothing. It's garbage. In fact, little secret, can you handle this? I mean, don't think like a fourth grade boy, because I know my fourth grader, he's probably going to laugh when he hears this. When he said, I consider this all lost, the Greek word actually means like dung, D-U-N-G, poo-poo. Paul said, I consider it all crap. He considered it all crap compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing the freedom of life in Christ. Check out what Paul says in Romans chapter nine. With Christ as my witness, I speak with other truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ if that would save them. I mean, that is how much he loved them. Christ is everything to Paul. But if he, had to, if he had to spend eternity without Christ, without Jesus, just to help those that, that he loved know Jesus, he would be forever cursed. Listen, it's a dangerous prayer. And when you pray, your heart will break. And you may hurt. And you may hurt alone. Now, I have a great life. I do have a lot of great things in my life. I've got a great marriage. I love my kids. I've got friends. Just a great life. But I know the life 
God has given me isn't meant for me to live just in comfort, but to use my resources to help those around me. I grieve for those who are far from God, longing for something to fill the void from things that can never fill the depth of the spiritual void that only Jesus can fill. I hate when Christians are bound up in legalism and rules and laws that just make them mean and critical and judgmental of other people, and they miss the beauty of the grace and the love of God. My heart breaks for those who are in bondage to addictions that I've seen crush so many families, even though the power of Christ can set people free. It is heartbreaking when you think the real meaning in life comes from the emptiness of the things of this world. And you never really discover that the gifts that you have been given have been given to you by God to use for his glory in the church and for the church in this world. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. And when he does, tell him you're thankful for that pain. Because every day you'll be driven by a higher calling, by a heavenly purpose, not just to pursue your own selfish lusts and desires, but to reflect the glory of a God whose heart broke for you so much that he gave his one and only son so you could experience his grace, his goodness, his forgiveness, and his life. When he breaks your heart, thank him. Thank him that your heart breaks on behalf of something that breaks his. Because when you pray this dangerous prayer, you know, it is a dangerous prayer. He'll wreck you. But I promise you, it is so much better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. It's a dangerous prayer. But following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Pray with me. God, we thank you so much for your goodness. The way you do take care of us, the way you do bless us, the way you do love on us. But God, I pray and, and pray with me if, if, you, if, you, if you're bold enough to pray this prayer. God, I pray you do break our hearts. Break our hearts for the things that break yours. Give us purpose and give us joy in that purpose. But God, break our hearts. Break our hearts for the things of you. Give us eyes to see the people that need an, a word of encouragement from us. Give us vision to, to, to look outside of ourselves and to see the needs and the hurts around us. Break our hearts, God. Break our hearts and strip us of the complacency and comfort and the endless pursuit of happiness that we try to find things that aren't of you. We try to find our happiness in the things that aren't of you, Lord. Give us your heart. Give us your heart, Lord. And if you were listening to this message and you said, oh, you know, that's for someone else. That's not for me. I pray specifically for you that God begins to work on your heart and your mind. And he begins to, 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 to allow you to see those around you. See the needs around you. See where you can't just sit around anymore, but you have to act because you, your heart is breaking for the things that breaks God's heart. Now, if you don't know this Jesus, but, but you felt him working on your heart, I, wanna, I want to just encourage you just to, to send us a DM and we would love to pray for you and love to just encourage you. 
And uh, just, God, we just thank you so much for your love. And we thank you so much for your grace. Break our hearts, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out the City Lights podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can go to wearecitylights.com slash give, or you can text any dollar amount to 84321. Thanks for joining us today.